We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Go episode 363 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. It is day one of 2022 Commander's Training Camp, the day to which we have been counting down finally has arrived. The Commander's 2022 offseason is officially over. And commander season has begun. Now, yes, we still have a ways to go until actual meaningful games. The commander's regular season opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars at FedEx Field, not until September 11th. But we do now begin commander's season. Training camp is the beginning of the season of commander's news and happenings and developments and Who knows what else? Because yes, we have had a whole lot of news and happenings and developments off the field over these last few months, but it is time, my friends, to get back to actual football. Off-season over, the month-and-a-half-long break between off-season practices and training camp over, and training camp has arrived. Happy training camp! To those who celebrate, hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, this podcast is the official podcast for all leaders on a mission. <laughs> yes, every single one of them. How'd you like that on Tuesday? The commanders on Tuesday announcing a vote for a new fight song. Uh, you have two choices. Each song is Hail to the Commanders. Uh, each song sounds just like Hail to the Redskins. The main difference between the two options for Hail to the Commanders is one song has the line, Fight for Our Commanders, and the other song has the line, Leaders on a Mission. One song goes, Hail to the Commanders, Hail Victory, Fight for Our Commanders, Fight for Old DC. The other song goes, Hail to the Commanders, Hail Victory, Leaders on a Mission. <laughs> Fight for old DC. 
Uh, and of course, many, if not most people, hate both songs. Uh, that's how it has been with the rebrand. Everyone hates everything. Uh, look, Hail to the Redskins was a great song. I actually don't mind having a new fight song that is a lot like Hail to the Redskins. Hail to the Redskins was a wonderful song. It would be sad for Hail to the Redskins to be completely dead and buried. But here's the deal. There is a really good chance that fans at FedEx Field, all 13 of them, uh, will just sing the lyrics to Hail to the Redskins instead of the lyrics to Hail to the Commanders. I mean, Unless you buy into the idea that the people going to games at FedEx Field are gung-ho about the new name and thus will sing the new song. But I do think that there will be more than a few people singing the lyrics of Hail to the Redskins. Uh, And look, personally, I have no problem with that. But I don't think that that's what the team is going for here. I just find it funny that Tuesday, a day on which everyone was getting pumped for training camp, We had this unveiling of two fight song options that came to eat up a chunk of the conversation and predictably came to generate a lot of negative reaction. Like, if you're the commanders, if you're Jason Wright, if you're running business operations for the team, why not just let Tuesday be about training camp? Like, why put these fight song options out there on the day on which players are reporting for training camp, on the day on which the head coach is conducting a pre-training camp press conference? Like, what exactly was the thinking behind putting out the two fight song options on Tuesday? Why couldn't that have been done on any of a number of other days over the last six weeks? Why couldn't that have been done say, in a coming day? Like, why did you pick Tuesday, as training camp is getting going here, to steal some of the spotlight from training camp? I I just did not think that that was the way to go. But hey, leaders on a mission rolls right off the tongue. Uh, Well, the current leader of Commander's Football Operations, Rod Rivera, uh, he late Tuesday afternoon spoke at length a 20-plus minute pre-training camp press conference. Uh, There is a lot to go through. I will take you through the most significant things that Ron had to say, including updates on four players who the commanders placed on the active, physically unable to perform list, uh, the PUP list. Uh, And yes, one of those players was Chase Young, for whom Ron very much tempered expectations. If you were thinking that it was likely that Chase would be ready for week one. Uh, Well, think again, Uh, at least if you go by how Ron was talking on Tuesday. I'll get into that and the rest of the injury items next segment. Additionally, Ron at his press conference late Tuesday afternoon addressed the state of the team and the upcoming season. Uh, It needing to be the step forward season that Ron has said the upcoming season needs to be. Uh, Ron addressed whether this coming season is a playoffs or bust season. Uh, Ron addressed whether this coming season is a season in which he and his coaching staff are concerned about their jobs. Uh, Ron addressed the workplace misconduct scandal and its impact on football operations. Uh, Ron addressed a conversation that he had on Tuesday with Carson Wentz. Uh, I will take you through all of this coming up on the show. Remember, no podcast or show covers the commanders like the Al Galdi podcast. You hear all of the key audio on this show. Uh, Also on this installment of the podcast, uh, I will talk Nationals and Orioles. How about 
the Nats and the O's. Each team on Tuesday night for a second consecutive night, an impressive win. And each team on Tuesday night overcame a 3-2 eighth inning deficit. And each team on Tuesday night started a starting pitcher who was starting a game for the first time in 13 days. The parallels between the Nats and the O's never cease to amaze me. Anyway, uh, the Nats late night on Tuesday night won at the National League leading Los Angeles Dodgers. 8-3 was the final as the Nats overcame a 3-2 eighth inning deficit. The O's on Tuesday night beat the Tampa Bay Rays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards 5-3 as the O's overcame a 3-2 eighth inning deficit. Uh, The Nats now are on the verge of a three-game sweep at the Mighty Dodgers. The O's now are out of last place in the American League East. These last two nights, wild nights, if you are a Nats or an O's fan. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Lots of feedback on the two options for the Commander's fight song, Hail to the Commanders. Tweet from Mike P, no go-go version. I was really liking that idea. Uh, yes, Mike, thank you. Uh, I thought that a go-go fight song might work well, and I guess that the Commanders marching band still could go go Hail to the Commanders, as like an alternate version of the song. Remember, uh, the Commanders in May announced the return of the marching band for the 2022 season. Email from Jim D. If you ask me, the team knows exactly what it's doing, keeping most of the lyrics to the fight song intact. Of course, the team knows that fans will just sing along to the old lyrics. That's exactly what the team expects, and the team is perfectly okay with that. God bless you and your family. Uh, Well, thank you, Jim. Same to you. Uh, Yeah, given what else has gone down with the team's business operations over the last year, uh, I would not be so quick to give the team the benefit of the doubt that having the new fight song sound like the old fight song is part of a master plan for people to sing the old fight song. I think that this new fight song sounding like the old fight song is a genuine attempt to maintain a connection to the past. And I don't hate that. You know, I can appreciate that. Uh, Email from John M. My brother turned me onto your podcast about a year ago, and I rarely miss an episode. It's been something him and I can both commiserate with as this team continues to make head-scratching decisions, and it feels like... (laughs) (laughs) It feels like the disappointing news never ends. I've wanted to email for quite some time now and never really knew what I wanted to say. I never thought it would be the fight song that would break my, the camel's, back. I'm a huge DC sports fan. I moved to Philly almost four years ago and still rep my teams up here and rarely miss seeing my DC teams when they are in town. Yes, even the Nats. I absolutely hate going to Lincoln Financial Field, but I do it anyways because I enjoy being tortured, I guess. I've never seen us win there, but who knows because this season will be different. And he puts this season, it will be different in quotation marks. In my years of losing at that stadium, I have heard the Eagles fight song a countless number of times. I hear that fight song at Phillies games, Flyers games, heck, on the subway on the way to work. Why? because people like the song, because it's easy to chant. I'm quite sick of the Eagles having a cool stadium that's easy to get to and a fight song that Eagles fans all love and a fan base that loves the team while we get nothing from Dan Snyder 
and Jason Wright. Look, I get that our old fight song had a lot of history behind it, but this was supposed to be an opportunity to reset and put our last 20 years of mediocrity behind us. To me, it feels like minimal effort from the announcement of the new name to the unveiling of the new fight song. I can't believe these are the only two so-called options. Like, does the team really think that people want to chant leaders on a mission? (laughs) Sounds like a corporate seminar slogan to me. On a day of what should be excitement for training camp to start, I'm sorry to be so negative. I love this team. I love the players. I'm excited for this season. But this organization is an absolute joke, and it's sometimes embarrassing to consider myself a fan. Keep up the great work, Al. I know your job is a tough one, but just know that you are helping us all through it. Uh, Well, thank you for that, John. Keep the faith, my man. Stay strong, John, especially as you exist as a Washington, D.C. sports fan in the city of brotherly hate, uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, leaders on a mission. Uh, I think that I may get that as a tattoo. What do you think? Leaders on a mission. Well, the mission of Dr. George Verghese in the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland is to provide excellent skin care. And you can bet that Dr. George Verghese and the Institute are very much leaders in that mission. Uh, call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Dr. George Verghese is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists. He's a big Commanders fan. He is a loyal listener of this podcast, and operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Uh, the Institute focuses on medical skin care, cosmetic procedures, and skin cancer diagnosis and comprehensive care. If you are dealing with acne, psoriasis, or eczema, if you're interested in procedures like Botox, laser hair removal, or chemical peels, if you are dealing with skin cancer or have dealt with skin cancer or want to get screened for skin cancer, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Heck, Dr. Verghese and the Institute offer free skin cancer screenings in addition to offering advanced treatments for many skin cancers, including treatments that many other practices do not offer, like SRT, which is superficial radiation therapy. To find out more, call 301-396-3401. That's 301-396-3401. Make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you, but call 301-396-3401. You can also visit midatlanticskin.com. That's midatlanticskin.com. For excellent and comprehensive skincare, contact Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. All right, so 2022 Commanders Training Camp at team headquarters in Ashburn, Virginia is beginning on Wednesday, practice at 9 a.m. We late Tuesday afternoon, starting just before 5 p.m., had a Ron Rivera pre-training camp press conference. Uh, The Commanders head coach in the coach-centric approach, the Don of Commanders Football Operations, Don Ron, Ron Rivera at the mic late Tuesday afternoon, uh, shortly before his press conference, was the commanders announcing five roster moves. Uh, As expected, the following four players were placed on the active, physically unable to perform list, the pup list, uh, edge defender Chase Young, tight end Logan Thomas, and centers Chase Rullier 
and Tyler Larson. Also, the commanders placed offensive tackle Cornelius Lucas on the active non-football injury list. Uh, Ron Rivera, during his press conference, did not provide details as to why. But with the four players placed on the pup list, so Chase Young is coming off a torn right ACL that he suffered in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field last November 14th. Uh, Logan Thomas is coming off a torn ACL, MCL, and meniscus that he suffered in the win at the Las Vegas Raiders last December 5th. Chase Roulier is coming off a fractured left fibula that he suffered in the loss at the Denver Broncos last Halloween. And Tyler Larson is coming off an Achilles injury that he suffered in the loss to the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field last December 12th. A few things about this active, physically unable to perform list, the PUP list. So a player can come off this list at any time. Uh, There are two PUP lists, the active physically unable to perform list and the reserve physically unable to perform list. The active physically unable to perform list is the preseason version of the list. The reserve physically unable to perform list is the regular season version of the list. You can't go on the regular season version of the list without having been on the preseason version of the list of the list. And the advantage of being on the regular season version of the list is that uh, you can park a player on that list to begin the regular season, but then get that player back as opposed to placing the player on the reserve injured list or injured reserve or IR, and then having to burn an activation off of that list. Uh, We do have new rules for the 2022 season and NFL team for this coming season now has eight activations permitted in terms of players returning from the reserve injured list and or the reserve non-football injury slash illness list uh, to the 53-man active roster or to the practice squad. An individual player can return from IR a maximum of two times in a season, but each time counts against the team's allotted eight designations. So, Those designations are precious. It does get confusing and tedious with all of these lists. I'll grant you that. But uh, if you're wondering, well, what exactly is this physically unable to perform list about? Hopefully, uh, what I just took you through makes some sense. Here was Ron Rivera on late Tuesday afternoon on the commander's players who have been placed on the pup list. Chase Young, Logan Thomas, Chase Roulier, and Tyler Larson. Well, obviously, um, you know, those guys will start there uh, and we'll see where they are in terms of uh, their their possible returns. I, I don't want to get ahead of that. I don't want to make any predictions as far as those things are concerned. But, um, you know, I, I think specifically as you, as you go through it, um, Chase Roulier, you know, it's, it's, has had some, uh, um, some really good sessions. Um, he looks like he might be the first one off a of pup. Uh, Tyler Larson has, has had some good ones as well. Um, he's a little further away than uh, than Chase Roulier. I thought um, Logan has looked really good as well. Um, you're not quite sure, um, but he'll be he'll, he'll you know he'll be down the line a little bit. And then uh, Chase Young obviously is, is 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 probably the one you know that the, there is most concerned as far as the time is concerned because you know, he had a serious uh, injury. I mean, and, and he had it late in the year. Um, he's he's been working hard. His rehab has been going uh, well from 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 what we've seen and what we understand um but you never really know un- until you get to get your hands back on them um but 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 chase young has probably had the is probably the one that's going to take the most time i mean it was serious obviously and you know anytime you're talking about an acl it, it, it just is down the line so we'll have to wait and see on that one 
All right. So Ron Rivera right there expressing optimism on Chase Roulier. Uh, that was nice to hear. But Ron right there also saying that Chase Young is likely to be the player who takes the most time to return from his injury in terms of the four Commanders players on the pup list. So one Commanders player named Chase, who is coming off serious injury, is doing well. Another Commanders player named Chase, who is coming off serious injury, is likely to take some time. Doesn't mean that he isn't doing well, but his recovery is taking some time. I have liked, I have applauded uh, the conservative, measured, no timetable providing approach that Ron Rivera and Chase Young have taken in discussing Chase's recovery. Uh, Ron, whenever asked about a timetable for Chase's recovery, has refused to give a timetable. Chase, when he spoke in June during a post-OTA practice press conference, came across as confident but not overly confident in discussing his injury recovery. You know, what we got was a confident Chase Young but not a boisterous Chase Young or a super cocky Chase Young or a declarative Chase Young, and I have liked this approach. No timetable, no expectations, express confidence, but be vague with that confidence. The way that Ron Rivera and Chase Young have discussed Chase's recovery has been in direct contrast to the last time that a star player taken by the team with a number two pick in an NFL draft was coming off a torn right knee, right? Quarterback Robert Griffin III's all-in for week one campaign in 2013. For me, it's impossible to observe what's happening with the way that this Chase Young recovery is being discussed and not do the compare and contrast with the way that the RG3 recovery was discussed back in 2013. But all of that said, Ron Rivera's comments on late Tuesday afternoon do make you wonder if Chase Young's recovery perhaps isn't going as swimmingly as we would like for it to be going. And so we later in Ron's press conference had this exchange with Commander's Insider Stephen Wino of the Associated Press. You guys have been really careful about not giving a timeline on, on Chase Young. Is, is there something in kind of his rehab that caused, was there any no. kind of setback or is this no. just kind of expected? The biggest thing is, is, is we, don't, we don't put timelines on, on, on those things. It's unfair. You put pressure on people to try and accomplish that and get to where they're supposed to be before they should be, and it could, it could cause something. But as I said, though, you know, with, with, with Chase it, and, and, and for the most part, all those guys, you know, when they're ready, they'll be back on the football field. Um, but I did say, you know, Chase's, you know, the seriousness of his is, is there. Um, again, it's, it's an ACL, and, and it happened later in the year. And so the expectations, because I do know he said, you know, he, what he had said, he expected to be there, you know, from the beginning, and, and, and that's an unfair expectation. Okay, so Ron Rivera right there making it clear that Chase Young has not suffered a setback in his recovery. So assuming that that's true, that's good news. And that is encouraging news. And so if in fact what all of this is, is Ron Rivera and Chase Young just playing Chase's recovery conservatively, then I have no problem with this. And I'm actually more encouraged than discouraged by all of this. If in fact what all of this is, is Ron Rivera and Chase Young adhering to uh, one of the great philosophies ever espoused by a United States president, the Teddy Roosevelt approach. Teddy Roosevelt had the famous approach, speak softly and carry a big stick. If what we are hearing from Ron and Chase regarding Chase's recovery is them speaking softly while carrying a big stick, uh, then I have no problem with this and, in fact, am more encouraged than discouraged. 
by this. Look, there is a lot of pressure already on Chase Young to have a big 2022 season. Everybody knows this. His 2020 rookie season was great. His 2021 season was a major disappointment. A second consecutive disappointing season for Chase, even with that season being his first season off a torn right ACL, would not be good. And let's be honest about things. If Chase Young in the 2022 season has a second consecutive disappointing season, then the B word, bust, is going to start to really gain traction, fair or not. And so what Chase Young does not need is increased pressure and expectation in this recovery from the torn right ACL. Now, (laughs) that said, what I am hoping like heck for is that Chase Young in the 2022 season does as Nick Bosa did in the 2021 season. It's so interesting when you look at Chase Young and Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, like Chase Young, is an edge defender who went to Ohio State. Nick Bosa, like Chase Young, was taken with a number two overall pick in an NFL draft. The San Francisco 49ers took Bosa with the number two pick in the 2019 NFL draft. Washington, of course, took Chase Young with the number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, Nick Bosa, like Chase Young, won Associated Press Defensive Rookie of the Year for a rookie season in which he played a major role in elevating a defense that had been terrible the previous season. Nick Bosa, like Chase Young, suffered a torn ACL in his second NFL season. A lot of parallels between Chase Young and Nick Bosa. And what happened with Nick Bosa last season, his third NFL season, his comeback season, from a torn ACL. He was a monster. Nick Bosa finished the 2021 regular season at number four in the NFL with 15 and a half sacks and tied for number one in the NFL with 21 tackles for loss. So if the Chase Young-Nick Bosa parallels continue, then Chase is poised for a huge 2022 season. But Right now, the betting money clearly should be on Chase Young not being ready for week one of the 2022 season. That, as much as anything, to me, was the takeaway from Rod Rivera's pre-training camp press conference late Tuesday afternoon. Uh, What does Chase Young likely not being good to go for the start of the 2022 regular season mean for the commander's other top-edge defender, Montez Sweat. Uh, Montez, like Chase, had a disappointing 2021 season, although Montez's 2021 season was not as disappointing as Chase's 2021 season. Uh, Montez, in the 2021 regular season, played in just 10 games. Uh, He missed five consecutive games, weeks 10 through 14, uh, this due to being on the reserve injured list due to a fractured jaw and then being on the reserve COVID-19 list. And then Montez was inactive for Washington's final two games of the 2021 regular season uh, due to a tragedy, due to the shooting death of his brother, Anthony Sweat, on December 28th. Uh, Montez Sweat, over his 10 games in the 2021 regular season, had five sacks, uh, which ranked number two on Washington. He had 24 pressures per sport radar, 
Uh, that ranked number three on Washington. And Montez was number one on Washington with an average of 2.4 pressures per game. Uh, he had 13 quarterback hits, which ranked number three on Washington. He had three forced fumbles, which ranked number one on Washington. And he registered an overall grade for pro football focus of 75.6. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. 75.6 isn't bad. It just isn't great. Uh, but remember, Montez Sweat and Chase Young were publicly called out by Ron Rivera for not being more productive during the 2021 regular season. Ron, in a piece that came out last November 4th on the team's official website, said regarding Chase Young and Montez Sweat, quote, we would like to see a little bit more from those guys. They need to stop pressing and trust their teammates, end quote. Uh, Ron Rivera saying what he said in that piece was very telling. There's no debating that. Here was Ron late Tuesday afternoon on how Chase Young being out for now impacts Montez Sweat. I think the, the biggest thing and the best thing as far as Montez is concerned is, you know, we just expect him to play to his abilities. We don't need more out of him than, 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 than anything other than for him to do things that he's capable of. Um, you know, we need some other guys on the other side to step up. Um, you know, I think Casey's going to get an opp- oppor- opportunity. Um, James Smith will get an opportunity. We got a couple of young guys from last year that show their potential in, in, in BK and Shaka, so those guys will have to step up. Uh, and we got a veteran in FA Obata who's, who's a very reliable guy. So um, until Chase is ready, we, we feel those guys have got to step up and, and, and produce for us. Yes, they do. Uh, while we're talking about the commanders being without a key player in Chase Young, uh, what about the interior of the offensive line? Uh, The team's top two centers, Chase Roulier and Tyler Larson, are on the pup list. Uh, This as the team has two new guards in Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner. Uh, Ron Rivera on late Tuesday afternoon on if the interior of the offensive line is a concern right now. Um, not necessarily just because of the guys that we have in, in, in position. Like Wes Schweitzer's a, a more than an accomplished football player. He's done a great job for us at guard and center when he's when he's played both positions. So you feel really good about that. Um, you know, um, you know the two veteran guards are guys that 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 I know a lot about. I've seen them play. We've seen them play, uh, and they're 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 very trustworthy. Uh, we like the depth at that position. I mean, it, what we try to do is we try to have 10 guys that we feel good about, uh, and we do. In fact, we, we feel like we have 12 guys that we feel really good about as far as that group's concerned. So, um, that, And we did that on purpose. You know, last couple of years we've had really good line play in spite of the amount of the injuries we've had on the offensive line. Uh, and again, it's a credit to the coaches. Uh, I, I think, you know, what Coach Maskell and, and – and, and Coach Wharton have done with those guys has been has been really good. Yes, it has been. In John Matsko, I trust. Uh, in Commander's offensive line coach, John Matsko, I trust. Well, you also can trust Kellen Hunt when it comes to getting a deal done to buy the Washington, D.C. area home that you want. Ain't nobody better than Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs, and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. If you have questions about the real estate market in the Washington, D.C. area in these tricky economic times, if you are wanting to buy a new home in the D.C. area but are unsure about some things given everything going on with our economy, do not hesitate to contact 
Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKel.com. Kellen Hunt understands the Washington, D.C. area real estate market, and he is here for you to listen to what you want, no matter your situation in life, whether you are a first-time buyer looking for guidance or you have a young family looking for a bigger home or you're ready to retire and or are looking to downsize. Kellen Hunt can help you. Kellen Hunt is a real estate agent for real people. He's a great guy, and he will listen to you. He's not just some know-it-all. He works for you. He takes in what you're looking for and then gets to work. Smart, attention to detail, creative. Put Kellen Hunt to work for you. And Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yes, you, the buyer, get a piece of the action. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing, and he wants to help. So visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. You have nothing to lose. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. Book an introductory call with Kellen Hunt at CloseItWithKell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kel. Visit CloseItWithKel.com and tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. All right, more now from Commander's Head Coach Ron Rivera's pre-training camp press conference on late Tuesday afternoon. So Ron has made it no secret that the 2022 season needs to be a step-forward season for the team. Uh, Ron, this past January 3rd, during his day after the game Zoom press conference off the 2016 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field, said, quote, it's time, I think, that we see this team start to take that big step forward, end quote. And Ron has reiterated that in some way multiple times over the last few months. Uh, the 2022 season will be season at number three, for Ron as Washington head coach. 14 and 19 is his regular season record over those first two seasons. Uh, it is time for the team to have a step forward season, especially considering that the team hasn't had a winning regular season since the 2016 regular season and hasn't had a 10 win regular season since the 2012 regular season. It has been a while. Rod Rivera on late Tuesday afternoon on how he feels about his team off its offseason practices and with the expectation that Ron has placed on the upcoming season that it needs to be a step forward season for the team. Um, well, it's a little different. Uh, you know, I, I know I my expectations when we first came out of uh, out of the regular season from last year um, going forward. Uh, but you know now having a a, a quarterback a, um, of Carson's stature, Carson's ability, um, you know we've kind of changed our focus a little bit. So I'm pretty excited to see where we are exactly as a football team now that we're, we'll be in pads. We'll have preseason to, to to gauge some things off of. But I do like where we are. I do like who we are, uh, and I like our potential. All right. Uh, one of the things last year that Ron Rivera mentioned a lot was maturity. Uh, Ron constantly brought up his concern about Washington players not being mature enough. And that perhaps helps to explain why the team in the 2021 regular season got off to such a bad start, right? A two and six start. Here is Ron on late Tuesday afternoon on how the commanders now are looking from a standpoint of maturity. 
I don't, you know, last year I, I did talk about maturity, and, and that was a concern for me going forward. Um, this year I, I, I really just think now it's about the experience. You know, we, we, we're a younger team. Uh, we played a lot of young guys last couple of seasons, and, and, and I'm very curious to see where we are and how we have developed as far as our skill sets in terms of the different positions that we have. Yeah, the maturity thing last season seemed to have a good bit to do with uh, two guys who I talked about last segment, the team's uh, top two edge defenders, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and them not always adhering to the defensive scheme. But of course, to whatever extent maturity was a problem last season, well, the onus was on Ron and his coaching staff to get through to the players, you know, to penetrate their lack of maturity. And that didn't seem to happen, certainly not soon enough, especially with Chase and Montez. I mean, that Ron had to resort to calling those guys out in a piece on the team's official website said a lot. And so what about this 2022 season? Ron says that it needs to be a step forward season for the team. Does that mean a playoff season? Is the 2022 season for the commanders playoffs or bust? Take a listen to this exchange. From late Tuesday afternoon, the question came from Scott Abraham, sports anchor for ABC 7 News in Washington, D.C. You'll hear the question, and then you'll hear Ron's answer. Ron, you say you like the potential of this team. You've been saying all along this is such an important year to see the growth, to see the direction of this franchise. Is it fair to say it's playoffs or bust? I mean, is that... No, no it's not. It, it, it's, it's fair to say we expect to win, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So Ron Rivera not taking the bait from Scott Abraham. Uh, Ron not playing Scott's reindeer games. Uh, I like Scott. He's a good man. Uh, he has me on his TV show, Sports Talk on WJLA 24-7 News quite a bit. But Ron Rivera in that exchange gave exactly the right answer. Quote, it's fair to say we expect to win and we'll leave it at that end quote. Great answer. Perfect answer. Don't say whether this coming season needs to be a playoff season. Be positive, be demanding, but be vague. We expect to win. You know, playoffs or bust is the kind of ultimatum that gets people in trouble and causes unnecessary conversation and even controversy. And the last thing that the commanders need is more unnecessary conversation and controversy. Plus, you know, the team could have a really good season and not make the playoffs. I mean, who's to say that the commanders in the 2022 regular season couldn't go, say, 10-7 and seven and miss the playoffs? Well, 10-7 and seven would be a good season, but maybe not a playoff season. Who knows? Uh, also, what if the commanders this coming season have horrible injury luck, especially on offense, for a second straight season? So the team could be pretty good but maybe the record gets severely harmed by some terrible injury luck. You don't know. So yeah, we expect to win. Leave expectations at that. We expect to win. Uh, also, during Ron's press conference on late Tuesday afternoon, was him being asked about himself and his coaching staff. Do they feel the burden of expectations for the 2022 season from a standpoint of job security? Here was Ron's answer. I, I think the, 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 the pressure more so than anything else is just is just winning, is, is being successful. And if 
you know, if, if it comes to a number, then then so be it. But as far as we're concerned, it's about going out there, playing hard, playing physical, and, and doing the best you can to win. So Ron Rivera, when he was hired as Washington head coach in January 2020, got a five-year contract. Uh, I do not think that Ron's job is necessarily on the line this coming season, but I also don't think that it's like impossible that this could end up being his last season as Washington head coach. I don't expect him to be fired after this coming season. I think that a lot, and I mean a lot, would have to go wrong this coming season for him to be fired after it. But, you know, we have seen things unravel with our team in seasons past. So you can't just dismiss the possibility that this coming season will be an unraveling season. Uh, I do not expect this coming season to be an unraveling season, but I do think that that is a scenario by which Ron Rivera could be fired after this season. But again, I'm not expecting that. I actually think that the Commanders are going to have a good 2022 season. As for the the off-the-field stuff, so believe it or not, it still is not settled whether our Commander's co-owner and co-CEO Dan Snyder will testify before Congress on Thursday regarding the team's workplace misconduct scandal. Uh, Dan and Congress had agreed on Thursday, July 28th, but the circumstances of the testimony have very much been at issue. Uh, This entire ordeal has become really tedious. Uh, The House Committee on Oversight and Reform has filed a deposition notice for Dan for this Thursday, but the deposition notice is seen more as a formality than something that will actually force Dan to testify and under the circumstances that Congress wants. Anyway, Ron Rivera on late Tuesday afternoon had the following exchange with a man who was a guest on this podcast on Tuesday's show, episode 362, Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. In, in the three years you've been here, every summer there's been, you know, the organization has been in the news. Has that become normal? And I guess, how do you kind of think about that or deal with that as it's going on when you're not here, maybe all the time? Um, <laughs> if I'm not here, I ain't worried about it. I'll tell you that right now. Um, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost to be expected, to be honest with you. And it, you know, it goes in cycles. Um, you know, it is situation, circumstances, and, and, and to use a quote that, you know, it is what it is. And I try to make sure, it, you know, for, for us, it's what's interesting versus what's important. And we're back to football, and to me, that's the important thing is it's football. Um, I'm here to be judged on that, okay? And, and, and the judgment starts with winning or losing. And that, to me, is what's important. Um, does it... Does it make what I do harder? Yeah, it, it really does. Um, because, and again, all that stuff that's happened, that's important, okay? It is. But to me, as a football coach, okay, what I have to do is I've got to make this team presentable as a football team on the football field and in the community, okay? The players and coaches. And we have to have success. We have to go out and play. Why? Because we need the fans behind us. Fans get behind us, give us support, help build this up, get some momentum going, and some good things can happen. I believe that because I know what this this area is capable of in terms of when the team's winning and they get behind them. I remember, I remember playing against you know Coach Gibbs' teams and 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 just how 
impactful it is when, when that stadium's rocking. So that's what we have to do. That, that, that's, what, that's what's important. Okay, and again, I said that other stuff, that's important too, but I, and I don't want to brush it aside, but that constantly, you know, being in the news and people putting in the news makes it hard for what we do. And again, I'm not saying it's not important, okay, because I know somebody's going to say, oh, look, I'm trying to, I am, because I, I want to get the fan base back. And I want people mixing up what happened back then with what we're trying to do as a football team, okay? Appreciate us for, 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 for being the football team and the other stuff is over there. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, good answer there from Ron Rivera. He has not always addressed the off-the-field stuff in the best of ways, but I thought that he, in that answer, like skillfully straddled the line of being sensitive to the off-the-field stuff while also explaining where he's coming from with the off-the-field stuff. Uh, There was one other thing from Rod Rivera's press conference on late Tuesday afternoon that I wanted to play for you. This was Ron on a conversation that he had on Tuesday with quarterback Carson Wentz. Uh, He and I did talk today. We spent a little bit of time together. It was was good. It was good. It was good to see him. And and I just wanted to reiterate more so than anything else is he was wanted here. You know, and, and, and that was one of the first things I told him when, when he came into the building. Uh, when I shook his hand, uh, when he came through the door, I told him, I said, hey, you're wanted here. And I think that's important because, again, when you, when, you, know, you, you do some of the research and look at some of the things, if we get the guy that, that, that has that type of ability that, that he's shown in the past, um, I, I think it could help us and, and make us a, a, a solid, formidable team to, to, to have to play against. Yeah, that to me was notable from Ron Rivera. He has made it a point to make Carson Wentz know that Carson is wanted by the commanders. And that very clearly is Ron appealing to the sensitivity of Carson Wentz. You know, in researching Carson, one of the things that becomes pretty apparent is that he is a sensitive guy. And that helps to explain why he seemingly did not take the Philadelphia Eagles drafting a quarterback and Jalen Hurts in the second round of the 2020 NFL Draft very well. Now, Carson needs to overcome the sensitivity, okay? He needs to get over that. But I respect that Ron is trying to let Carson know that he is wanted and that the team is behind him. You know, having Carson in a good frame of mind is a good thing and should only help him as a player and as a teammate. Up next, the Nationals, uh, they on Tuesday night in a game that started at 10.10 p.m. Eastern, and it did not end until 1.37 a.m. Eastern, overcame a 3-2 eighth inning deficit and won at the National League leading Los Angeles Dodgers 8-3. The Nats have won each of the first two games of a three-game series at the Mighty Dodgers. What? How? Are our major league worst Nats doing this? <laughs> I'll get to that after this. Well, if you're like me, you like coffee, and coffee is a part of your routine. I drink coffee before every workout, and I'm a big fan of Trade Coffee, which right now is offering something very special to listeners 
of the Al Galdi podcast. More on that offer in moments. But trade coffee tastes great, and trade coffee comes from a great place. Trade coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, small businesses that pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. So buying trade coffee gets you delicious coffee and supports small businesses and farmers. And here's maybe the best part. Trade coffee tailors its coffee to you. Uh, You complete a very brief coffee quiz and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. No gimmicks. Uh, Trade Coffee delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew your coffee at home. And Trade Coffee guarantees that you'll love your first order or Trade Coffee will replace your order for free. Trade Coffee is a great model. There's no one perfect coffee but there is a perfect coffee for you. And so here's a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Trade Coffee is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off first orders plus free shipping. Just go to drinktrade.com slash algaldi. Drinktrade.com slash algaldi. Take the quiz and let Trade Coffee find you the coffee that you'll love. Again, off. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Visit drinktrade.com slash algaldi for $30 off. That's drinktrade.com slash algaldi for $30 off. One more time, visit drinktrade.com slash algaldi for $30 off. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
Well, it probably does not surprise you to hear that the Nationals in the 2022 season have yet to author a series sweep. The Nats, after all, have the worst record in the majors. And so how crazy is it? How bonkers is it that the Nats on Wednesday afternoon have a chance for their first series sweep of the 2022 season? And in a three-game series at the National League leading Los Angeles Dodgers. Yes, somehow, some way, the Nats have won each of the first two games of a three-game series at the Dodgers. Late night on Monday night, a 4-1 win. Late night on Tuesday night, an 8-3 win. Nats manager, Davey Martinez. How about the boys? I'm proud of the boys. Yes, Davey, the boys. Uh, the Nats now in the 2022 regular season are a major league worst 34 and 65, but the Nats now have a three-game winning streak. Uh, look, give the Nats credit for what they have done in this series so far. The Nats late night on Monday night overcame a one nothing fifth inning deficit with a four-run fifth. The Nats late night on Tuesday night overcame a 3-2 eighth inning deficit with a two-run eighth and then posted a four-run ninth. How about the Nats' offense on Tuesday night? Eight runs, 14 hits to go with one walk, four for 12 with runners in scoring position, and the Nats did all of this despite Juan Soto doing next to nothing. Uh, Soto, potentially the future Dodger Juan Soto, uh, on Tuesday night as the Nats' starting right fielder and number three batter, 0 for 4 with a hit-by-pitch, and he left four men on base. Uh, Soto in the Nats' 4 on ninth drew a one-out hit-by-pitch, and that was about it for him in the game. But plenty of other Nats had big hits on Tuesday night. Luis Garcia, uh, he had cooled off lately, but boy, did he have a big hit on Tuesday night. Garcia as the Nats' starting shortstop and number seven batter, three for five with a two-run homer, a triple, and a single. Uh, Garcia in the top of the fourth, a one-out opposite field triple to left field on a 1-2 pitch as the ball bounced past Dodgers left fielder Trace Thompson. Garcia in the top of the sixth, a two-out single to center field. And Garcia in the Nats, two-run eighth, a two-out, two-run homer to right field on a 1-2 pitch for a 4-3 Nats lead. Uh, That was the biggest hit of the game. And Luis Garcia on Tuesday night, a big two-run homer on a 1-2 pitch and a triple on a 1-2 pitch. Uh, another big hit in the game came from Nelson Cruz. Uh, Cruz is having a terrible season. He has been especially bad in this month of July, uh, so bad that he on Tuesday night did not start. Uh, well, he did end up coming off the bench, and while he in the top of the eighth struck out as a pinch hitter, he in the top of the ninth came through. Cruz in that Nats four-run ninth, a two-out, two-run double off the left center field warning track for a 7-3 Nats lead. Uh, This was just Nelson Cruz's second extra base hit in the month of July. He has been hitting for like no power this month, but he came through with that big double on Tuesday night. Had to feel good for Nelson Cruz. I mean, this season more and more has felt like the end of the major league career of Nelson Cruz, who is in his age 41 season and just has looked slow with the bat and has been woefully unproductive, but he was productive on Tuesday night. Uh, The Nats' new leadoff batter, Victor Robles, uh, he was productive on Tuesday night. Robles 
as an at starting center fielder and number one batter, three for five with three singles and a stolen base, although he did also get thrown out at home. A Robles in the Nats two-run first, a leadoff single to left field. A Robles in the top of the fifth had a leadoff opposite field single on, albeit very weak contact. Uh, to the right side of the infield to beat the shift. He also had a stolen base, but he was thrown out at home uh, on a Josh Bell two-out single to right field for the third out in an attempt to score from second base. Uh, The Dodgers right fielder Mookie Betts made a terrific throw. Betts is excellent defensively, Uh, but then Robles in the Nats four-run ninth had a single to left field. Uh, I mentioned Josh Bell. He on Tuesday night as an at starting first baseman and number four batter, two for four with a double, a single, an RBI sack fly, and an RBI ground out. He did also commit a throwing error, but Bell in the Nats two-run first, a one-out RBI ground out for a one-nothing Nats lead. Bell in the top of the third, a two-out double off the right field wall. Uh, Bell in the top of the fifth, a two-out single to right field. He had the throwing error in the bottom of the eighth, but Bell in the Nats four-run ninth, a one-out RBI sack fly for a 5-3 Nats lead. Uh, Lane Thomas had a good game. He on Tuesday night was an ad starting left fielder and number nine batter, two for three with two singles and a walk. Top of the second, a two-out first pitch single up the middle and a stolen base. Top of the seventh, a leadoff single to left center field. And Thomas in the Nats four-run ninth, a leadoff five-pitch walk. Uh, K-Bert Ruiz as an ad starting catcher and number six batter, one for five with an RBI single. Ruiz in the Nats four-run ninth, a two-out RBI single up the middle to beat the shift for an 8-3 Nats lead. Yadiel Hernandez as an Nats starting DH and number five batter, one for three with an RBI single. Yadiel in the Nats two-run first, a two-out opposite field RBI single to left field for a 2-0 Nats lead. So lots of Nats got in on the act on Tuesday night, but also key to the Nats winning at the Dodgers on Tuesday night for a second straight night was the Nats bullpen. Uh, So the 4-1 win at the Dodgers on Monday night, five Nats relievers combined for five scoreless innings with six strikeouts. This 8-3 win at the Dodgers on Tuesday night, four Nats relievers combined for four scoreless innings. Uh, Jordan Weems tossed one and a third scoreless innings. Erasmo Ramirez in the bottom of the seventh faced two batters and got two outs. And those two batters were two key batters for the Dodgers. Their numbers one and two batters, Mookie Betts and Trey Turner. Victor Arano tossed a scoreless bottom of the eighth despite giving up a leadoff single to Freddie Freeman and despite first baseman Josh Bell committing a one-out throwing error. And Hunter Harvey tossed a perfect bottom of the ninth. And note the names here. Weems, Ramirez, Arano, Harvey. Uh, Not exactly, you know, an A-plus bullpen in terms of name value there, in terms of star power there. And for the Nats, no Kyle Finnegan on Tuesday night, no Carl Edwards Jr. on Tuesday night. And yet the B-team bullpen ended up delivering. Weems, Ramirez, Arano, and Harvey combining for four scoreless innings against one of the most potent lineups in the majors, the Dodgers. Uh, The former Dodger, Josiah Gray, he was an ad starting pitcher on Tuesday night. Uh, He was just so-so. Now, Gray was pitching in a game for the first time in 13 days, so you weren't quite sure what to expect. Uh, Also considering that Gray earlier this season got shellacked in a game against the Dodgers. Gray in a 9-4 loss to the Dodgers at Nationals Park on May 24th. Seven runs in three innings, including giving up three home runs. Well, Gray on Tuesday night was better than he was in that game, but, you know, he wasn't, like, great or anything like that. Uh, Three runs in five innings. Uh, He gave up five hits, two homers, a double, 
and two singles. He also issued two walks and a wild pitch. So you didn't like all of that. But he did have six strikeouts. Uh, Josiah Gray has legitimately been a strikeout pitcher. Has been very nice to see that. Uh, A problem is his pitch count, again, got sky high. Josiah Gray on Tuesday night over his five innings, 94 pitches, 53 strikes versus 41 balls. Uh, Gray in the bottom of the first, a lot of run on a leadoff homer by Mookie Betts to dead center field to cut the Nats lead to 2-1. The homer went and projected 404 feet per stat cast. Gray in the bottom of the fifth allowed two runs. He gave up a leadoff first pitch homer to Cody Bellinger to right field to tie the game at two. Gave up a full count single to Trace Thompson to left field. Gave up a one-out infield single to ex-Nat Trey Turner. Gave up a one-out RBI sack fly to Freddie Freeman to give the Dodgers a 3-2 lead. So there was definitely some good from Gray on Tuesday night, but uh, there also was some not so good. Josiah Gray now in the 2022 regular season, 18 starts, ERA of 445. He does have a good strikeout rate, 10.39 strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, That's really good. Very happy to see that. The problem for him really continues to be the home run. Uh, Josiah Gray continues to give up way too many homers. Uh, Josiah Gray now has allowed 42 home runs in 167 and two-thirds major league innings over the last two regular seasons. Uh, That is a sky-high home run rate. That home run rate has got to come down. 42 home runs in 167 and two-thirds innings. Way too many home runs to have allowed. Uh, But incredibly, the Nats on Tuesday night won, and they on Wednesday afternoon will go for the sweep of the mighty Dodgers in Los Angeles. Who the heck saw this coming? Uh, Game three for the Nats at the Dodgers Wednesday afternoon at 310. Patrick Corbin will be the Nats starting pitcher. Well, guess who is no longer in last place in the American League East? Uh, Yes, the Orioles. They are no longer last in the AL East. Uh, What a win for the O's on Tuesday night. Yet another come-from-behind win, and they now are back above 500. Uh, The O's on Tuesday night beat the Tampa Bay Rays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards 5-3. In game two of a four-game series, as the O's, Joe Angel, again, were in the win column. And the Orioles, again, in the win column. Yes, Joe, the win column. Uh, You can always tweet me at Al Galdi. I got this tweet from Matt Cash on Tuesday night. The O's, Galdi, I think I may sort of believe again. Uh, as the radio voice of the Capitals, John Walton, said during the Caps Stanley Cup playoff championship run in 2018, it's okay to believe. It's okay <laughs> to believe. Uh, the O's have won each of the first two games in this series against the Rays, who are the number three team in the American League wildcard standings. Uh, the O's on Tuesday night overcame a 3 2 eighth inning deficit. And the O's in this 2022 regular season now are 49 and 48, including 35 and 24 since a 14 and 24 start. Yeah, the O's over their last 59 games are 11 games above 500, 35 and 24. Uh, Also on Tuesday night was the Boston Red Sox losing. Uh, They got ripped at home 
by the Cleveland Guardians, 8-3. So the O's now are three games behind the Rays for the AL's third wildcard spot and now are a half game ahead of the Red Sox for fourth in the AL East. Uh, Now, the O's on Tuesday night faced arguably the best pitcher in the majors so far this season, Rays starter Shane McClanahan. Uh, He entered Tuesday with all kinds of jaw-dropping stats for the 2022 regular season. Major league leading ERA of 171, major league leading whip of 0.795, and American league leading ERA plus of 213. Just spectacular numbers. And look, it's not like the O's on Tuesday night teed off on McClanahan. Uh, He allowed two runs in seven innings with seven strikeouts versus one walk. But the game was a nine-inning game, not a seven-inning game. And Ramon Arias happened in the eighth inning. What is happening with Ramon Arias this month really is something else. Ramon Arias on Tuesday night was the Orioles' starting third baseman and number seven batter. He went one for three with a two-run homer. Uh, He did also commit a throwing error, but we can forgive that. Uh, Arias in a three-run eighth for the O's smashed a go-ahead two-run homer to left field over the wall, over the Great Wall of Baltimore. And he did this on an 0-2 pitch to give the Orioles a 4-3 lead. Uh, The homer went a projected 424 feet per stat cast, and the homer was Arias' fifth homer in 10 games. Ramon Arias is hitting out of his mind right now. Here is your Ramon Arias slash line for this month of July. You ready for this? Batting average of 397, on base percentage of 426, slugging percentage of 707. Ramon Arias in July is slugging 707. O's manager, Brandon Hyde, during his postgame press conference on Tuesday night on Ramon Arias. Well, so impressive with two strikes and, and to be able to, I think it was a, a heater by Poche and and um, somebody that has got great success with his four-seam fastball and Ramon that doesn't pull, honestly, a, a ton of fastballs and be able to get on time with one and, and hit it to a deep part of the ballpark. It's pretty impressive. You said throughout this season you're trying to find out what's on the 40-man roster and Ramon has been on it for a few years now. Yep. Just, what has he shown you throughout this year, both sides of the ball, of what he can be, what kind of player he can be? Well, he's played great defense, one. Um, and he is really for this last month plus has just gotten ever since he's come off the IL really it's um, you know huge hits kind of in that bottom third of the order too where we've you know just never had a ton of production over the years um, and with him and, and Rugi with with you know the power with Rugi and, and Mateo now swinging the bat better it's a really it's a lot deeper lineup with him in the lineup. This season is Ramon Arias' age 28 season. Uh, the O's acquired Arias off waivers from the St. Louis Cardinals in February 2020, and he has been a monster in this month of July. Uh, also on Tuesday night, the O's twice homered off Shane McClanahan. Uh, Cedric Mullins as the Orioles' starting center fielder and number one batter, one for three with a solo homer, a walk. And a stolen base. Uh, Mullins in the Orioles, one run first, a first pitch leadoff homer to right field off McClanahan for a 1 nothing Orioles lead. So on McClanahan's first pitch of the game, Cedric Mullins homered. Uh, I have been wanting to see Mullins hit for more power. <laughs> well, he on Tuesday night hit for some power, and Anthony Santander on Tuesday night 
hit for some power. He is the Orioles starting right fielder and number four batter, one for three with a solo homer. He also had an outfield assist, but Santander in the Orioles one run fourth, a two out solo homer to left center field off McClanahan to cut the Orioles deficit to 3-2 and Santander homered off McClanahan despite having been down to the count at one point. 0-2. Anthony Santander now in the 2022 regular season has an Orioles best of 17 home runs. Uh, The Orioles starting pitcher on Tuesday night was Spencer Watkins. He pitched in a game for the first time in 13 days and he on Tuesday night had an odd outing. Uh, Three runs in five and a third innings. He gave up a whopping 10 hits, a homer, a double, and eight singles. Uh, He did, though, have four strikeouts versus no walks, and he did throw a lot of strikes. 88 pitches, 61 strikes versus just 27 balls. Uh, Once again, though, the Orioles' bullpen was great. Uh, Monday night in the 5-1 win over the Rays, six Orioles relievers in what was essentially a bullpen game combined to allow one run in nine innings with 10 strikeouts. And then on Tuesday night, this 5-3 come-from-behind win over the Rays, the Orioles' bullpen kept the game within reach, allowing for the opportunity to author the come-from-behind win with the three-run eighth. Uh, Three Orioles relievers on Tuesday night combined for three and two-thirds scoreless innings. More terrific work from this Orioles' bullpen. Uh, Joey Crable on Tuesday night, two and a third scoreless innings. What a job by Crable in this game. His ERA for the 2022 regular season now at 245. Keegan Aiken on Tuesday night faced one batter. Uh, He in the top of the eighth with a runner on first and the O's trailing 3-2 struck out Roman Quinn on three pitches for the third out. Uh, Aiken lowered his ERA for the 2022 regular season to 244 and Aiken got the win for the game uh, which tells you something about the uh, legitimacy of the pitcher Winstad. Uh, but yeah, Keegan Aiken on Tuesday night faced one batter through three pitches and got the win. And then Jorge Lopez got the save. Scoreless top of the ninth for the save, lowering his ERA for the 2022 regular season to 155. The O's in the 2022 regular season, now number three in the majors in relief pitching ERA at 306. And as I have pointed out, this is also while being number three in the majors in relief innings pitched. Uh, That total now is at 397 innings. Uh, You cannot emphasize this enough. It's not just that the Orioles' bullpen this season has been good. It's that the Orioles' bullpen this season has been good, despite having been asked to carry a sizable portion of the load. Again, number three in the majors in relief innings pitched at 397 innings. Brandon Hyde during his postgame press conference on Tuesday night on the Orioles' bullpen. Well, if you just look at our bullpen numbers, I mean, everybody's is having a good years, and so it's nice to be able to I mean, I had a bunch of guys down today or a bunch of guys I did not want to use today. And um, Joey Crable, you know, Joey Crable for me, going two and a third, giving up one hit, um, won us the game. You know, and in years past that we might not have been able to bridge very well, but but Crable won us the game there with with getting into the uh, in, into the eighth inning and then Aiken with a with a big out. If you you know we don't tie the game there, Aiken's going to go back out for the ninth inning. So I'm going to re- continue to rest these guys, but uh, they've, they've all pitched a lot of innings, so I need to kind of, kind of pick my spots, and they're all they're all answering the bell. A lot to feel good about right now if you're an O's fan. Game three for the O's against the Rays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards is on Wednesday night at 7.05. Tyler Wells will be the Orioles' starting pitcher.
And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 364, will give you all that you need to know from Wednesday's day one of 2022 Commanders Training Camp. Uh, also, we'll have plenty for you on the Nationals and the Orioles. Game three for the Nats in their three-game series at the National League-leading Los Angeles Dodgers is on Wednesday afternoon at 310. Game three for the O's in their four-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards is on Wednesday night at 7.05. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. Is it fair to say it's playoffs or bust? I mean, is that... No. no. It's not. It, it, it's, it's fair to say we expect to win. And we'll leave it at that.